I look at a familiar story this morning, but I want to look at it a little differently. Well, not totally differently, but maybe pull out something you you might not have really focused on. And you know, I'm glad the the word is like that. I'm glad no matter how many times we get into it, how many times we dig in to the same passage, no matter what, you can read a psalm, you can read a chapter, a story you've read a hundred times, you read it again, and God shows you not something not something totally outlandish. He'll show you something new. A lot of times he shows us what we need for today, and I'm thankful for that. that that's why his word is alive. You know, it's a, uh, and, and you know, maybe you get grow tired of hearing me say this, but uh, I promise you, you. you read as many books as you want in this world and come back to me and tell me if you can find one that comes anywhere near this book. I, I'll tell you, I have not found any that comes anywhere near it. They're not even close. Uh, so that's why I'm thankful that God gave this to us, you know, and gave us not only his word, but we're living in a time period where we have his complete word in our language. Not everyone had that, Right. Sometimes they had the, uh, it was in a different language or sometimes the, uh, all they had was a, a scroll or something at the, uh, at the synagogue and they had to wait to hear it until then. But I'm glad we have a privilege. We have God's word. But uh, Luke 19 verse one says this, and Jesus entered and passed through Jericho and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans and he was rich. And sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place and looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured saying uh, that he was gone to be a guest with a man that's a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, uh, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, uh, for so as much as he is also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you so much for your word today. Thank you for its truth, Lord, I pray. Uh, I'm asking that you'd fill me with the unction of the Holy Spirit. Open up ears and hearts today, Lord, for your word. If there's any lost today, I pray they'd come to know you before it's too late. Lord, help us to... Uh, to dig into your word and Lord to see the truth from it but Lord let it not just stay in our heads but Lord uh, bring it to our hearts and Lord we thank you for what you're going to do today in Jesus name we pray and amen. amen so Jesus had come into the town of Jericho and if you remember the book of Joshua when they came into the promised land uh, Jericho is the first place that they encountered uh, in taking it but the Jericho was an accursed city it was a it was a bad place in fact I was reading uh, somebody was trying to explain uh, that it was kind of like Las Vegas is today and if you were traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho you're going downhill on this winding road and you think about that isn't that a picture uh, of what God was saying so if you're if you're going to go from Jericho to Jerusalem, you're going upward. You're going from Jerusalem to Jericho, you're going down. You remember the uh, story of the Good Samaritan? 
That was on the road to Jericho, right in between the two. And that's where it was a dangerous place. Uh, because remember, he was robbed and beaten and left for dead. That was actually common. It was a dangerous uh, road to travel, especially by yourself. But here we go. We've got uh, uh, number verse two. It says this. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was chief among the publicans, and he was rich. We don't know a whole lot about Zacchaeus. We don't know uh, any his past. We don't know anything that happens after this. But we just have this piece right here. But we have enough details in this short little story uh, to know some key things about Zacchaeus. Number one, he's a chief publican. That means not only is he a tax collector, that's what publican means, but he's the chief. He's the head over a whole bunch of tax collectors. And then it says also he was rich. Verse three tells us he's short. So we know that about his stature. But Zacchaeus's name, it's a Jewish name. We know he's a Jew, but that name means pure. So that's what his name meant. But that would have been ironic, wouldn't it? Because he's a tax collector and his name is pure. Uh, but see, one of the things, if you think about a tax collector today, maybe you think of the county auditor. That's not what it was like in this day. It's not where they levied a percentage and you paid it and everything was fair. No, it was the opposite. What would happen is uh, they would make an agreement with Rome. Remember, Rome's the one ruling. Uh, they would make an agreement, and you would agree to this territory, and you would promise to bring Rome this amount in taxes, and as long as you brought that, you kept your job. Well, you think, well, how did they make money? Well, they charged more. And the more you could get out of people, the more you could pocket so they weren't like the county auditor today. That's why they were looked down on. They were reviled. The Jews saw them as traitors and everything else. because And people just hated them because they took more money than they should have. And all it did was make the tax collector rich. Remember what the Bible says about Zacchaeus? He's rich and he's a chief. So you know what that means? He's taken a lot of extra money from all those around him. That's the only way you can become rich as a publican. In fact, if you were an honest publican in that day, you would be poor and couldn't make any money. So the whole job is designed for someone uh, who can just exact as much money out of them. And remember, they're working for the Roman government, so you couldn't go complain because Rome was happy. They're bringing them in money. So here's pure, remember, pure Zacchaeus is really a thief working for the Roman government. So that's what we find out about him. See, sometimes we focus on so much about his short of stature, and that's one point of it, but that's not even the most important. But look at verse 3. And he sought to see Jesus. Now, if the verse stopped right there... Remember, Jesus is passing through Jericho. There were crowds following him. You know, they knew who Jesus was. They were excited. Maybe they'd see a miracle. Maybe they'd get a free lunch. Maybe something would happen. They wanted, maybe they wanted to hear from Jesus. You know, sometimes it was more of a spectacle when Jesus was there than people that really wanted to know the truth. But there's a crowd around him. That's what the Bible says. There's a press. There's a huge crowd around him that day in Jericho. And if it just said, and he sought to see Jesus, and stop there well many people did there were many that came that day i just want to see him i've heard things about him i, I want to lay my eyes i want to see who this jesus is and maybe we'll see him do something but the verse continues about zacchaeus and he sought to see jesus who he was yeah. i think this is the, one of the most important parts of the story right here 
Not that he was short. Not that he climbed up in a tree to see Jesus. He didn't just want to see Jesus. He wanted to see Jesus who he was. He wanted to see who the real Jesus was. Who is he really? And that makes me think of a question today. Do you really want to know who God is? Do you really truly want to know uh, who God is? Or do you want to create a God in your mind? Which is it? Have you listened to the, what this world says that God is? You know, this world has a lot of opinions about God, don't they? They, they have a lot of thoughts about who God is and, and the way he should act and everything else and who he should let into heaven and who he shouldn't. But are we listening to what this world says about God or do we want to know what the Bible says about God? Right? Zacchaeus wanted to see him for who he really was. He wanted to see the real Jesus. And unfortunately, this is becoming very rare today. They don't want the real Jesus, do they? Right? What happens? People see Jesus for who they want. You know, maybe they keep him as a baby and that's it. Maybe they only think about his love and mercy, but not, not his justice or his death on the cross or the seriousness of sin or anything else. And think about this. How often do we tell people about the real Jesus and give them truth from the Bible? And what do they get? They get angry, don't they? Why do they get angry at us? Because they don't want the real Jesus. They want a spectacle. They want a miracle. They want a free lunch. They want something like that. They just want to see something great, right? They want to feel something great, but they don't want the real Jesus. Zacchaeus wanted the real Jesus that day. And the crowd being there uh, did not stop him. He said, I, I've got to see him for who he is. So you think about which side are you on today? Are you in the crowd that just makes up their own Jesus? Are you in the crowd that wants to know who the Jesus really is? You know, it's easy to say, well, Mike, of course, I want the real Jesus, right? I want the real one, not the fake one, not the made up one, not the one we want him to be. And then let me ask you this question. If you want to see the real Jesus, how often are we getting in the real book that tells us about the real Jesus? How often? If you want to see who Jesus is, who he really is, who he was, you got to pick up your Bible. You got to dig into it and see for yourself, not just get it third hand or second hand or anything else. I was talking to Pastor Andy Freeman on Friday night and we were talking about he had he had texted a couple of us and asked, what do we think the, the greatest problem is in the church today? And I told him after praying about it, and thinking about it, I think there's two things that are the biggest problem in the church today. Number one is, and I'm talking about Christian people in the church. Number one is Christians do not get in the Bible every day. They don't get in it. They don't read it. They don't study it, whatever. They don't get in it every day. And if you don't, you are going to be led by opinion and what should be and what could be and what ought to be instead of what is. That's problem number one. Now, the second problem, maybe you get into God's word every day. Maybe you study it. Maybe you get into it. But the problem number two is do you apply the Bible to your life? Anyone can fill their head with scripture. Anyone can win trivia on the Bible. Anybody could do that and tell me what all the, you know, how many books there are and can do all these things. But how often are you every day not only getting into the Bible, but when you look at a passage, say, you know what? How does this, how does this affect me? Now, you take it in its context 
and not turn it into something else. But you say, you know what? Uh, like, for instance, this right here. This is Zacchaeus we're talking about. Uh, yes, I understand what he's doing. He wants to see Jesus for who he really is. Now then, let us apply it to our life. Do I want to see Jesus for who he really is? Yeah. And if I do, or if I don't, how am I going to change this? I believe if Christians would get in this thing every day and would apply it to their life every day, we would not see problems with commitment. We wouldn't see problems against walking by faith. We wouldn't see problems of people deciding whether they want to do God's will or not. We would not see problems with giving. We wouldn't see problems with any of it because the Bible tells us how to live. Yeah. But too often we say, well, that's how I'm going to take this and that's how so-and-so needs to live but not me, right? Or we just skip that part and say, well, that's a good story about history. Uh, we know Jesus really walked through Jericho. We know he saw Zacchaeus. It's a fun story. We can teach it to the kids. We can sing songs about it. And then that's it. That's not what the Bible's for. It's for us. Amen. And it's to change our lives. If you're a Christian, it's to change your life. Well, if you're lost as well. So what did he do? Verse 4, and he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. So here's the rich chief publican. He didn't care what people thought about him. He didn't care what they, what they would think when they see him climbing up in the tree. Uh, he wanted to see Jesus when he passed by that day. And here, well, here's a question. How can we apply this today? When's the last time you saw a government leader climb up a tree, Right? It's the same thing back then. When's the last time you would have seen a government leader go to this uh, type of extreme to get the truth of God? Yeah. You don't see it today. Why? Because they'd rather stay in their job. Right? They'd rather stay where they're at. This is a wealthy man. He's dressed in nice clothing. He's climbing up the tree like a little child because he wanted to see Jesus for who he was. So then it made me think, if there was nothing stopping Zacchaeus, and if that tree wasn't there, he'd have figured out something else, right? He wanted to see Jesus for who he was. Then the question is, what's stopping you from seeing Jesus for who he really is? What's in the way? Is it pride? Excuses? Excuses are a dime a dozen. There's a million of them. You, you, one doesn't work, the devil will give you three more. Yeah. Mike, I don't have enough time. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Amen. Yes, you do. You, you'll make me mad if you tell me you don't have enough time. I'll come over. You can come over, you know, help work with twins, right? Yeah. Work during the day. Study the Bible later. Amen. I don't want a pity party, but I'm here to tell you, you'll make time. Yeah. You know where the time will come from? You stop wasting time. Amen. Well, anyway, probably killed the meeting right there, but we'll move on. Fear. Some people are afraid, right? You get into the word, I'm afraid. I'm afraid to apply it to my life because I know what it'll turn me into. A fanatic, right? Well, good. Yes, yes. Dedicate your life to Jesus. It's okay to do that. And in fact, I'll tell you, it's a better life. It is a much better life. You can dedicate yourself to corporate America. You can dedicate yourself to friends who will drop you. Uh, if you run out of money, you can dedicate yourself to all kinds of things. But why don't you dedicate yourself to the one who died on the cross for your sins? Drop. Just see him for who he really is today. 
Jesus came to the place, verse 5, he looked up and he saw him and he said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today. I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus for who he was. And there Jesus came and Jesus saw Zacchaeus, not just because, and, and some will say this, well, Mike, he, Jesus saw him because it was goofy to see him up in the tree. No, Jesus knew Zacchaeus was there and Jesus was going through Jericho because he wanted Zacchaeus. You better believe it. I'll tell you what. He may have you on his crosshairs too. And you're thinking, well, maybe it's just because the certain message, maybe so, you know, something just happened to happen. No, God has you in his crosshairs, right? The Lord wants you and he might be passing right through this way just to stop at your house today, just to stop at your heart. Zacchaeus was thrilled. He got to see Jesus away from the crowd. Right? He got to eat and relax with him. We don't know what they talked about that day, uh, but we know how Jesus spoke to people uh, that were sinners. What would he do? He would point out their need. Uh, and, and here's the thing. He didn't have to tell Zacchaeus he was a sinner. Zacchaeus right. knew it. Right. He was a publican. And in those days, a publican equaled a sinner. Right? The Jews said you can't be one and not be a sinner. So he knew that. And there he's... He's labeled the tax collector. He wanted to, uh, and then usually Jesus points out something that they're, you know, something in their life that's not satisfying them. And then uh, we know from the previous chapter, he, what he told his disciples, Jesus said, hey, I'm headed to the cross. I'm headed to Jerusalem and I'm going to be put to death so that way sinners can find mercy and forgiveness of their sins. So here is a man that knows he's a sinner and Jesus is saying, hey, in just a, a little more than a week's time, I'm going to be on the cross dying for your sins. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Isn't that amazing to think about? So you may be thinking, man, I wish I was alive, Mike. I, was, I wish I was alive then. So that way I could have a personal encounter and a personal conversation with Jesus Christ. Well, here's the problem. Back then, you had to go where Jesus was going to be that day. And guess what? They wanted to kill him. So I don't think he laid out his itinerary every day, right? And said, here's where I'm going to be. So you had to figure out where he was. And you had to, if there was a crowd, you had to make your way to a part of the crowd that he would pass by, that you were close enough. And maybe you'd get to say a few words to Jesus. And maybe he'd say a, a few things back. And very, very unlikely he would come to your house. He only did this a handful of times in Scripture. Different houses. So you're thinking, man, your odds aren't very good of really doing what happened with Zacchaeus that day. But let me tell you something. Rather than go back in time to this day, why don't I tell you about today? If you want to see Jesus for who he really is, you don't have to climb a tree today. Amen? You don't have to. If you are seriously searching for Jesus Christ today, in your heart, if you really want to know where he is, he will pass by your way. He will go to where you are at. You don't have to go to where he is at. Guess what? Say, well, Mike, well, I just want to have a conversation with him. Wouldn't that have been amazing to just have a back and forth conversation? It would have, wouldn't it? Guess what? You can today. Yeah. You want to hear from Jesus Christ? You want a special word of revelation? You want a conversation with him? It's right here. Here's his words right here. Let it speak to you. Yeah. Let it talk to you. And you're thinking, well, Mike, well, that's one way. It's only going this way. How do I talk back to him? You pray. Yeah. 
Right? Amen. Between God's word and prayer, we can all have a conversation with him at the same time. He can be at all of our houses at the same time. He couldn't back then. We're living in a better day today. Yeah. We have access to him. More access to God than they would have. But look what happened in verse 7. Uh-oh. And when they saw it, this is the crowd, they all murmured, saying that he has gone to be a guest with a man that's a sinner. They, they are murmuring and complaining. And you could just hear it now. Hear it. They're saying things like, well, can you believe? Can you believe Jesus is going to a sinner's house today? Oh, I bet one of them was saying, you know what? I used to love Jesus. I followed his ministry. I liked him until he did that, right? I didn't like him going to his house. Zacchaeus, his house? How could somebody that claims he's sent from God do something so sinful, right? They're murmuring. They're complaining. Jesus gives them the answer down in verse 10. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. He said, this is my whole mission of coming to this earth. Yeah. is for people like Zacchaeus that are lost, that will admit that they are in their sins. In fact, the disciples that were with him, Matthew, same one that wrote the gospel of Matthew, also named Levi. Jesus walked by. He's a tax collector at his little tax booth. And Jesus said, follow me to Matthew. And he did. And guess what? They went to Matthew's house and they had a, you know what Matthew did? He got every one of his tax collector friends all together and they had a big meal and there's Jesus at the house. Guess what? The scribes and Pharisees, they didn't like it then either. And in Mark 2, 17, Jesus told them, they that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Yeah. Those Pharisees and scribes, they were self-righteous. Yeah. They're saying, look at me. Right? Look at me. Look at how great I am. Look at how much I tithe. Look at how much I pray. Look at all these things that I do. Jesus wasn't interested in any of that. And guess what? You act like you're good enough for heaven today. Jesus isn't interested in that either. Right. He's not. He said, I came not to call, really it's the self-righteous, the ones that think they're righteous, but sinners to repentance. See, the world saw those tax collectors and enemies and thought as enemies and thought they should be shunned. But Jesus saw them like any other sinner and knew they needed to repent and turn to him. Spiritually dead with no hope in this world, but he gave them hope. So after the conversation, we don't know what they said. Look at verse 8. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusations, I restore him fourfold. Zacchaeus became rich because he took from the people, right? He stole from them. And now that rich chief publican is saying something that's unthinkable. I'm going to give half what I have to the poor. Right. Now, I'll step off on a soapbox for a second. You know what drives me crazy? When these billionaires make a big show about giving money away. Have you ever seen it? Don't do what I've done. Don't get a calculator out. Figure out how much they're worth, because you can figure that out, and divide what they've given by how much they're worth, because it'll be one or 2%. And you're thinking, wow, how generous, how generous. I give away more than that. 1%, that's nothing. See, they'll say the number, oh, I'm giving away 20, 30, 50 million dollars to save the planet or whatever. 
You're giving away nothing. Big deal. Zacchaeus was rich. He said, I'm giving away half. They would never do that today. Half. And not only that, if I've stolen, now the Bible only required, if, if you've taken money or you've taken something away falsely, the Bible required you to restore it plus 20%. All he had to do was give all the people he wronged 120% and the Bible said he was good. What did he say? Fourfold. Four times would have taken. What's this tell you about him? Zacchaeus is different. He's changed. The Bible word for it, he's repented. He's done with the old life and he wants a new one through Jesus Christ. You can tell right here. He said, you know what? I'm done with this. And he either became an honest tax collector and, and, and didn't make any money or he even walked away from that too. I believe that's what he did. And you think about that. He walked away from career, riches, and everything else because he saw Jesus for who he really was and said, you know what? If, if keeping all of that keeps me from Jesus, I don't want it. Wow. Wow. It's more than a tree, right? Yeah. He wants to see Jesus. And guess what? You see Jesus for who he really is. He'll point out the part in your life. He'll say, this is what's keeping you from me. This is what's keeping you from my will. That's why a lot of times we're afraid to get in this Bible. That's why we're afraid to apply it to our life. That's why we'd rather cling to the excuses is because we know that he may ask us to do something that we're not ready to do. But guess what? Zacchaeus said, you know what? It doesn't matter. I'll walk away from all of it because I saw Jesus, the real one. He repented, done living of his old life and walked away. What did Jesus say in response to that? Verse nine, this day is salvation come to this house for as much as he is also a son of Abraham. He's saying the world has cast you out. Your own people have cast you out. You've got this label of a tax collector and sinner uh, and, and people may never forget that about you. But Jesus said today, salvation is come to your house. That visit from Jesus Christ, Zacchaeus and his house was never the same after that. And Jesus not only forgave him, but he called him a son of Abraham. That doesn't mean a whole much, a whole lot to us today, but for a Jew that was a great sinner that would have been cast out of the temple, not allowed to do anything, uh, that it would have been an outcast. Jesus is saying, not only are you forgiven, but you're a son of Abraham and don't let anyone tell you otherwise. And although I'm not a Jew today, I'll tell you what, and you're not either, but one thing is, when this world tries to bring up the old life, when they try to bring up past sins aren't you glad they may never forget the old you they may never forget how you've wronged them but we serve a, a lord and savior who died on the cross for our sins not to not to just forgive us our sins but to give us a whole new life praise god and that's what he said you're worthy now because i've made you worthy praise the lord so many people that day would have went Heard Jesus was in town. There might have been some like Zacchaeus walked up to the area. They knew he was coming, saw the crowd and said, you know what? It's not worth it. I'm going back home, right? I'm, I'm just not going to do it. I can't be bothered. I'm too busy. I'll just wait till the next time he passes through, right? I'll, I'll just wait later to see Jesus. He's come through a few times. Uh, I'll just do it next time. Do you realize this is the last 
time Jesus passed through Jericho. This is the last time. He didn't come through again. I don't know when the last time he's going to pass through your heart. I don't know when the last time he's going to pass through the sanctuary. I don't know. I don't know that. But the devil wants you to say, not today, maybe later, right? A more convenient season, right? A better time. Why don't you work a couple things out? No, the Lord says today is a day of seven. Now, now, don't wait. He passed passing by this morning. I feel like he's touching hearts. But this may be the last time that he passes through your heart. And you just think about what Jesus was ready to do. He was going to Jerusalem where they were wanting to kill him, to destroy him, to end him. They were waiting for a time that was just right. See, they thought it was a time that it was just right, but it was a time that the Bible said was coming, a prophesied time when that hour would come. They would arrest Jesus Christ there in the garden. He allowed them to arrest him. He went through mock trials that night, and in the next morning, he stood before Pilate, and though Pilate and Herod both said multiple times that they couldn't find any fault in him, that he was innocent, yet uh, uh, Pilate... uh, to appease the crowd because he was a politician and he was afraid more of the crowd than to do the right thing, decided to let hand him over to be beaten and whipped and die on the cross. Not by accident. That is what God's plan was for Jesus. And he is passing through Jericho and up on that hill he can see Jerusalem. And even there's another hill where he could see where the cross would be and he knew he was going there. And you think of all the things going through his mind, yet he had Zacchaeus on his mind, right? And when Zacchaeus wanted to see the real Jesus, who he was, Jesus said, I'll stop for someone like that. I'll stay at someone's house for that. I'll reveal myself to them for that. Let me tell you something. You want to see the real Jesus today? He'll show himself to you too. He will. But... What that means is you got to make a choice. Oh, yeah, he died on the cross for your sins. He was buried. He rose on the third day triumphantly over sin. And that's great. If you believe that, great. You're a step closer. But now the next part, Romans 10, 9, and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The last part is you've got to call on him, right? For forgiveness of sins. And he will forgive you today. He will. Stop following this world. Stop sticking with the crowd. Stop inventing your own Jesus. Stop believing your own uh, version of what's right and wrong. Stop believing your own qualifications for how to get to heaven. And why don't you get the real thing? You will not see heaven if you don't turn to Jesus Christ. You'll be in hell. You say, I never knew you. Depart from me. And as merciful and loving and as compassionate as Jesus was, if you turn down the most merciful, compassionate, loving thing that he did of dying for your sins, you reject that, there's nothing left for you. You will go to hell. 
So who are you today? Are you seeing Jesus for who he really is? Or are you creating your own Jesus? The real Jesus is the one from the Bible. And he loves you today. And he's passing through today. But I can't promise you he'll pass through again. Oh, Mike, I'm young. Go to the cemetery. They die young, they die old. You're not promised tomorrow. The Bible tells us, James 4.14, life is brief. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that passeth away, that appeareth for a little time, then vanisheth away. Proverbs 27.1, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Uh, Hebrews 9.27, and as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. You don't have to climb a tree today, but you need to come to Jesus today. I'm going to ask everyone to stand.